I've always admired the people who do the work, like no matter what. They push through imposter syndrome. They quiet the negative voices. They keep going even when they don't quite have the answers or know what to do. They do the tiny detailed stuff that no one even sees. Now, I am becoming more and more like this person, but it doesn't come naturally to me. Maybe because I'm, I'm still learning how to tame my feelings, because feelings, after all, don't always tell us the truth. Today's guest is one of the best examples I know of someone who does what she sets out to do. She's honest about the scars and unapologetic about the wins. This is Audacity with Letitia Barriola, a podcast about how to be fearless with your life and career. If you want to grow or start a business, expand your brand, be known, create something new, or just be courageous with your life, my friend, this podcast is for you. Hi, everyone. I'm so glad you're here. I have some new listeners I want to welcome to the podcast. Um, I appreciate you spending the next 45 minutes or so with me. Um, I am a former award-winning news anchor who took a big leap of faith and left my successful career on TV news to start my own media business. I am the CEO and executive producer at Paradigm Media Group, where I produce podcasts for change makers and industry leaders. Um, and this podcast is a part of my journey from the news desk into entrepreneurship. And uh, you can always trust that you have a host who is always trying to evolve, always trying to seek truth, and always looking to God for inspiration in the answer. So welcome, welcome, welcome. A little housekeeping. First of all, thank you for the reviews. I've gotten a couple new reviews and they just make my day because I don't know who you are, but you're, you're, you're leaving your review. It just makes me so happy. Thank you for that. Please keep it up if you have a couple minutes. Leave a fresh review. You know, this podcast has been around for a while. So some of these reviews are from back in the day. I need some new ones. So please go and just take a few minutes and tell, tell them how you feel. Hopefully it's good. Um, and as you know, I am producing podcasts for uh, change makers and industry leaders, people who are serious about um, really adding to their legacy and their brand and using the most powerful tool I believe out there uh, to start your own media brand. And that is podcasting. I'll put a link in the show notes. If you want to work with me, I'll be happy to share how I can help you do that. All right. So this guest... She has been on the podcast before, about four years ago, 2019. I interviewed Nikisha Williams. We were we were colleagues at the same news station. She was an, a producer. Um, I was a news anchor. We were tired parents who wanted more out of our careers, but were just oh man, trying to fight through the fatigue and the workload to find some time to go after our dreams. And um, our lives are completely different now. She is an author who just landed a huge book deal. Um, and and wow, there's so much more, so much more. She just landed a huge, huge book deal. Um, but at the time, 
four years ago when I first recorded the podcast, she was doing the hard work, the nitty gritty little things, you know, self-published authors have to do to try to get noticed, to try to build their readership, to prove that they belong in the ranks of some of the greats. She was doing all of that four years ago. So I encourage you to go back to the audacity of a relentless creative. That's the title. I don't have the episode number, my bad, but really and truly, it's probably the first, I don't know, 20 episodes, the audacity of a relentless creative. And do what I did, listen to that podcast. Go listen to a woman who was trying to figure it out, who was doing the work, who was following her gut, who was listening to God. And then listen to this episode when she has arrived. She has gotten to the mountaintop. And what I love most about this interview is that Nikisha is honest about what it takes, the sacrifice that it takes, the belief, the amount of faith that it takes, um, and how you sort of have to pivot sometimes for the dream to come alive. I, I don't think it ever happens how we think it's going to happen. Like, can I just say that? Like, period. It just doesn't. We, we almost always have it wrong. <laughs> we may get like parts of it right, but please now, if you're holding tightly to how the dream is going to unfold for you, the goal you're trying to achieve, the vision you see in your heart, and you know it's for you, I want you to look at the path to get there and like take an eraser, a, a, a nice magical eraser, and erase the path because it ain't going to happen that way. Um, but luckily, if you're a person of faith, especially, you can have hope that you're in good hands and that all things work for your good. Okay, I just got to cut right to the interview. Um, but I encourage you to listen to the audacity of a relentless creative and then come back and listen to this because you're not going to get a better two-parter than this one of someone who's working towards the dream and someone who's now living the dream. Nakisha Williams two-time Emmy award-winning producer and award-winning author and producer and host of the Black and Published podcast. Her latest novel, The Seven Daughters of Dupree, was acquired by Scout Press. That's the big deal I was telling you about. And will be published in 2025. Watch this author catapult into the ranks of the greats. Watch her, y'all. She's already, she's already building momentum to get there. Don't keep your eye off her. Okay, here's my interview with Nikisha. Nikisha Williams is back four years later. Hey. <laughs> Hi, friend. Well, aren't we just two different women doing two? <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. Do you remember that day of recording this podcast with me? I do. I had come to work early and you were staying at work late because you were a morning anchor and I had been moved to nightside producer. So we were meeting in the middle at the television station in a room that they gave you to launch your new company. <laughs> Unbeknownst to them. Little did they know. <laughs> that was my first studio. Yeah. So I do remember that day very, very well. And so, you know, for people that don't 
maybe have joined later in the game, they need to know that Audacity, right? I started this podcast as a news anchor in a newsroom where I felt stifled and I wanted to tell different stories and I needed to get this outlet out. But I was also studying people. So like these Mm -hmm. interviews were strategic. They weren't willy-nilly for me. I was looking at the blueprint of audacious women in my network and I was picking their brain because I Mm -hmm. knew that down the line, I was going to go after my dreams too. And you were one of those women and you were just a couple couple rows back, right? But I knew that there was this fire in you at the time that was was going to be too big for that building one day. And you knew it too. We both knew it. It's just the t- we didn't, you know, we we're just trying to figure out the timing, but um yeah, what do you make of that that we were both in the same environment, both had big stories, other things we wanted to do and say and tell and you were a little bit ahead of the journey than I was and we were kind of meeting in the middle and discussing our our strategy. <laughs> um Looking back on it, like I know when we initially talked, it was 2019, and I knew two years prior to that that I didn't want to do news anymore. And I heard God clearly say, but you don't have a plan right now, so (laughs) you've got another contract to do. And I was like, damn it. Okay, Lord. So like I knew in 2017 that my television career was coming to an end. But with that said, and knowing that and making the leap of faith in August of 2019, which is when I officially left the station, August 2nd to be exact, um, the journey has not been linear. Um, Entrepreneurship is not necessarily something that I wanted to do, but it was something that I did to figure out how to get to where I wanted to be and where I wanted to go. Um, As of this recording, I have a full-time day job, yes, but I took that job after three years of like grinding and writing and freelancing in the streets and knowing I needed something stable, but I wasn't just going to take any job. Because yeah, I could have gone back to a newsroom easily, but I needed something that was going to be flexible, something that was going to support me in everything else that I did. And I found that. Mm -hmm. Um, Knowing that when I took my position, quite honestly and candidly, it was going to be the last full-time job that I ever applied for. And with everything that has happened since getting this position in April of last year, um, those things that I wanted to happen in 2019 when we first spoke, Mm -hmm. in 2017 when I first wanted to leave television news, and now I know there's a ticking clock toward it. It's all happening now. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's still going to be a journey. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, the listeners need to know they're listening to two women who um, our, our careers for our entire adult life were in, you know, a newsroom. We're writing stories and reporting on stories, anchoring stories, whatever, for TV news. And there came a point where we felt like that identity no longer served us. It's no longer what we wanted to use our gifts towards. 
And we had to come to this like crossroads and say, okay, so what are we going to do? And how is this going to look? And for you, it was two years. I had about one solid year of like the feeling hitting me, like it's time. And then I had one year to figure out how I was going to do it. And so, um, I love how you said it's like, it's not linear, right? Because here I am, I'm not even two years in. And I mean, I started off coaching. I then moved into like media coaching. Now I'm like in a whole production house where I'm in podcasting. And, and, um, so it was, it's, it's not what I expected, but at the same time, it's like, at least I have a piece of me in every stage of this journey. At least I'm doing, I'm doing what, my spirit feels called to do what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing. And I, and when I was in news, I just felt so boxed in. There's only so many options. And then it's just like, what do you have to just leave at some point mm-hmm. when you feel like that? Right. Mm-hmm. For a while after I left television, it would seem like I was just doing stuff. So like I left television in 2019, I started freelancing for different publications to write stories because that was going to bring in income. At the same time, I had been writing uh, what became, I guess, my sixth book, but it was the fifth one released, which was a poetry collection. And so I had been writing the poems for the collection, not realizing that it was becoming a book, but but just kind of like processing through words, which is what I do. And then it it became a book and a couple of different friends inspired it to be like, well, you should perform this because we know you do perform. So then it became a book and then it became a one woman show. And then there was a pandemic. And then I had another book that was going to be coming out, which was my sixth book out, my fifth novel, still freelancing. And at, and then like I had an idea to launch a podcast. And so for me, the journey, I would tell, I told a friend of mine, it just looks like me throwing shit at the wall. Like that's what it looks like. I'm just throwing shit at the wall and I don't know what's happening. Right. And she was like, well, you know, you keep throwing stuff up there. And when you step back, it's going to look like a mural and you step back even further and you're going to see a map. I can see the map today in 2023, but in like 2019, 2020, 2021, when she said this to me, I was like, girl, I don't see it. (laughs) Lord, I don't see it. I'm not seeing the vision. Okay. (laughs) But I can say now, on the other side of just exercising, I guess, my gifts in all ways possible, staying connected to my journalism roots, staying connected to storytelling, uh, talking to authors to provide a service for them to talk about their work, but then also being able to learn so much more from them about their process and their journeys that made me even, I guess, more rooted in my own I can say with confidence now, everything that I have done has informed everything that I am doing and everything mm-hmm. that is to come. Mm-hmm. So like it did just look like shit at the wall, shit on the wall to mm-hmm. me in the beginning. But as I have navigated all of these things that I just kind of threw up there in earnest to do something, to make the money, to remake the salary, mm-hmm. to make sure that, you know, things were taken care of at home in the best way that I could. And I must say that at the time I was married and I did have a partner who took on the full brunt and responsibility of our household while I was figuring my shit out. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, yes, now I see the map, but 
as you're going through it, as you're like charting the course, Mm. you don't see the map that you're making. It's only at the end of the course and at the end of the journey or you can get to a high point and you can reflect back Mm -hmm. that you see, oh, look, a path. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I wouldn't have done this then I wouldn't have met her. Then I would have done that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what the difference? Okay, so I can relate to that. But I think with me is is so you can see yourself throwing spaghetti at a wall and that's kind of how you felt. For me, and I almost feel like my approach made it so much more intense. Like when I think about throwing spaghetti at the wall, it's kind of like this more free-spirited, I'm going to try and experiment. So for me, when I went in one direction, I was really intense about it. Like, this is it. This is what's going to be the thing. And like, this is part of my purpose and this. And so I would get so attached to that first spaghetti throw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would think that that was going to ride the wave forever. And then so when things, when God essentially was like trying to guide me into the next iteration, you know, next sort of development of, of where he wanted me to go, I was really resistant and very confused and very like, well, mm-hmm. wait, I thought you told me to do this. Why all of a sudden is this kind of being funny? But, and I see this different way to go. That was really like emotionally and spiritually really messed with me, Hmm. right? And then so because this happened two or three times because it's like, well, God, I'm going to be a coach. And then like the word was like, do you really think I put you through 12 years of of like storytelling and news and TV for you to like not do media anymore? You know what I mean? I'm I'm like, why didn't you tell me that in the first place? So like I'm back in media, but... But you're right. So now at this high point, I can look back to college and I can look back to younger Tish and see, oh, this was actually the vision all along. Where did mm-hmm. you where did you get off track? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's starting to make sense. But man, I was really hard on myself. It's probably hard on God when things were changing because I was like, well, what, what happened to the, the plan that I thought you gave me? Ugh, planning. Ha. What a story. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, as I just mentioned, you know, when I left television, I was married and had a partner. So that those are language in the past tense because I am now newly divorced. And, you know, you think about planning. And as I think back on the journey that I can see, you know, everyone says that, you know, you make a plan and God laughs. Right. Mm -hmm. So. My debut novel came out in 2017, and I think from that point, I had a plan every year of what I was going to do, the goals that I was going to achieve, the books that I was going to put out, how I was going to go and get coverage and media and publicity and like really work this like indie author thing, right? And so that plan was in motion as I left television. Like that was part of the plan. You know, I left television in August of 2019. My fourth novel came, my fourth book, and it was a novel came out in September of that year. I was writing these poems. The poems became a collection. The collection became a book. The book became a show that launched literally March 5th of 2020, closed March 8th, and the pandemic shut down the world March 11th. Yeah. So like we just squeaked on in there, but that was all in the plan. And then after that show closed, I had another book that was already written that was going to be coming out. My fifth novel that was going to be coming out in August of that year. So now it for me, it was focused on, okay, 
get the book out, do a long pre-order period, get some buzz, get some interviews, do this, do that, do the third. Okay, everything switched to virtual. Let's do all these things. I did all those things. The book came out and then it was like, well, what do I do now? Because I don't have another book. I don't have another idea at the moment. I don't have a plan. And then I got pregnant. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Got pregnant with my daughter in October of 2020. And it was then in the early stages of my pregnancy, knowing that I'm just trying to freelance and I was publishing other authors. So, you know, my business was was working and I was freelancing, but I'm pregnant knowing that a baby is about to throw a whole monkey wrench into anything that I've got going on. Right. And. It was that moment where I was like, all right, Lord, I am no longer in the driver's seat. I'm about to buckle up in the passenger seat beside you. And I'm going to see where you're going to take this car and where we're going. And when I tell you, it was like a long drive through a tunnel and you don't know when you're going to see the light of day. And it was like that for two and a half years. Hmm. But that's the moment of surrender, surrender to the process, surrender to the journey, surrender to your faith, surrender to God and not say, okay, I have no more plans. I don't know what I'm doing. Whatever you tell me to do, I will do. So that's how in like I started coming up with an idea for a podcast, knowing I didn't want to do a podcast. Like I, I don't need another activity, another hobby, another thing to do. One that doesn't pay me. (laughs) Let's start there. So like one that doesn't pay me, like I'm, you know, you have to pay money to get the production going for all the different platforms that you need to host and do all the things. So I was like, I don't need another thing to do this. But like God was insistent and the idea sat on me for months until I was obedient to it. Like it was like, we're not doing anything else until you do this. And I was like, fine, fine, (laughs) fine. I'll do it. (laughs) And so in there's been so much grace on that, right? Mm-hmm. So like I had the the idea, I was resistant to it. I finally put it into motion. And then the next thing I know, I get this NPR six-month mentorship podcasting fellowship, right? While pregnant. Wow. I don't While think I pregnant. knew you did this. I mean, this was yeah. what year now are we in? This is January 2021. Okay. So like while pregnant, got this got this mentorship fellowship thing, was still freelancing an article I ended up writing that went that was published in 2020, ended up getting me a, um, kind of a book deal with uh, LSU Press to write this nonfiction book that ended up becoming like my seventh book. So like all of these things were just working together, but they weren't planned. They weren't part of my personal plan of, of anything, even to where I am now today with um, the most recent book deal with uh, Scout Press, which is an imprint of gallery books at Simon & Schuster. Um, I started that book as a fluke because I saw a contest for gallery books at Simon & Schuster in 2021. Write the first 25 pages. If we like it, we'll give the winner of this contest a $50,000 contract, right? And I was like, I can write 25 pages. No lie. I started those 25 pages June 2nd, finished them June 9th. My daughter was born June 11th. I came home from the hospital, newborn in the little pack and play, read over those 25 pages, sent them off for the contest, and then said to myself, oh, damn, 
if I'm a finalist for this contest, they're going to want to see a whole book. And then with a newborn baby at home, stitches in all the new mommyhood things, I wrote another book that now two years later has sold. Oh, that's the book? So this is the, the Seven Daughters of Dupree is that book? Did is you, that book. Did you win the contest? I did not win the contest and it I am so matter. glad I did not. Wait, no, that's... Because you got the what I'm deal. Talking, Not even the deal. This is what I'm talking about by God's grace. So like I said, in 2021, I started the book and it was for the gallery books contest, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't win the contest. When everything went down with my agent about me finding the right publishing house and editor, at the end of the day, there were two editors in the running, both from Simon & Schuster. One was at the flagship company. The other is the editor that I chose to go with at Scout Press, an imprint of gallery books. So like I told her that I had applied for the contest, right? When I officially signed with her, she said, oh, I went back and I pulled the archives from the contest that year. I read your manuscript and I said yes to you then, but two other editors had passed. And so we never went any further. Wow. And then when I had gone to New York, the um, the actual publisher of the of the press came down to meet me. And she was like, aren't you glad that you didn't win that contest? Because when I tell you the advance is substantially larger than what the contest was offering, baby. (laughs) It's good. So like when we... (laughs) Hold on a second. I have to say something because... um, So I, I say this in the intro and I tell everyone to go back and listen to the audacity of a relentless creative. That is, (laughs) that's what I called you a relentless creative even then. But in that episode, you talked a lot about like, you're still doing, there's something in you that like always tries, like always attempts. If something, it looks like you could do it. You just go for it. So in the last episode, remember the 10,000 pages that you wrote, the um, sending the letters to Obama, to mm-hmm. there was a contest in there as well. So I need- Always a contest. <laughs> contest, okay? <laughs> Always a contest, no. But I, I love that about you. Like if there is an opportunity that fits sort of where you're trying to go- you, there is no question, like you're going to go after it and you do it quietly. You do it. There's no fanfare. You just do the work and go and see what happens. So can you speak to that again? This is kind of like the audacious nature that I see in you, the relentless creative. I want to hear your answer now. What Mm. is it that drives you to constantly go after it? I think it's a, a bit of kind of just what you said. If I see something that I think I can do and the lift doesn't seem like unreasonable to me, I'll try. Mm -hmm. And, and really that's all it is. It's just, it's just, I'll try. So like going back to the first conversation, it was like with the letters to the president, it was an idea. I thought about it. It wasn't unreasonable. It's like, I can write something every day. Like that doesn't seem difficult. Why not? And, you know, the address of the White House is public. Why not? And so I did. And, you know, the contest with the first book that became my debut novel, it was like I saw it and it was like 10,000 words. 
I can do that. I was between jobs. Again, we're seeing a pattern here in my life. <laughs> it's between news station jobs. And I was like, I can write 10,000 words by like, in, I think it was like in three months. Yeah. Like that doesn't seem, it didn't seem unreasonable to me. So fast forward to even 2021 and I'm big pregnant, nearing delivery. It was like 25 pages. That doesn't seem unreasonable to me. And I had already had an idea anyway. Yeah that I had been sitting on since probably 2019. And I was like, fine, let's, let's go. Let's see what, let's see what happens. And so I wrote them and then I had the baby and then I came home and read over them. And I think it was only after I read over them and sent them in that I was like, you maybe have bitten off more than you can chew here because if you win, they may want a whole book. Yeah. Luckily, I did not win. And so that gave me time. But I still had written a whole book in like that three month time just in case. So I had this first draft that wasn't. It wasn't right. It wasn't ready. And I c- kept thinking about it. And that didn't always happen to me. Like usually when I finished a draft of the book, I was pretty much just kind of editing for content, not for form. And this one, I kept thinking about the characters and expanding the story in my mind to the point where I did a complete rewrite in 2022 that has gotten me to the book deal in 2023. Mm. But I mean, again, we're talking about planning, faith, surrender, believing in self, having this relentless creativity and doing something that one, I love. Yes. Two, I believe in but doing it in a way that seemed reasonable to me that I could Mm -hmm. accomplish. And so it was just, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Just Mm -hmm. a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit every day until I got, I guess, to the dream. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to get to that in a second. I want to ask one last question around this relentless, you know, relentless pursuit of, of the dream. So what I don't see in you is imposter syndrome. I don't see a lack of like confidence or because a lot of times women will say, I'll see, I mean, we know this is true. We'll see an opportunity. We can just do the example of a job description, right? We'll look at the opportunity. We'll read all the qualifications all the way to the end of everything they want this person to do. If we find one thing in this in this job, just we're like, well, you know, like I don't can't figure that out. I'm not good at Excel. I'm not going to do that. Like we just count ourselves out. And um, so a lot of people call that imposter syndrome. But I what what's your relationship to that concept of, of feeling like an imposter? It's there and it shows up. And just like anything else, like fear, like anxiety, I acknowledge it. And then I do the thing anyway. Mm-hmm. I was like, huh, you're here. Got it. Do the thing anyway, continue on course. So like, for example, and I told, I've told this story maybe before, but like when I was doing the Mardi Gras Indian book, it was my first nonfiction book, lots of research. I went and did interviews with people. I was all in the archives and the microfiche and all up and through everything I could be. I had books and DVDs and all of these things, so much so that I was a bit overwhelmed by it. Mm -hmm. And I kept thinking to myself, like, God, I don't know how I'm going to write this book. I don't know how I'm going to write this book. I don't think I can do it. 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 That like, that was the the noise in my mind. And then one night, like two, three in the morning, I couldn't sleep. 
and the words started coming to me for like the introduction. And I was like, all right, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go to the computer and I'm going to write these words down because I couldn't sleep. Write the words, go back, get in the bed. More words are coming. I get up, I go back down, I write more words. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I hear you. I can do it. But it's like 4 a.m. and I want to go back to sleep. So we'll pick this up in the morning, okay? (laughs) And so like, that's kind of how it works for me or even more recently, especially with the book deal for Seven Daughters of Dupree and a lot of people having followed my journey either through my newsletter or social media or even just kind of knowing me casually, the refrain has been as social media clips go, like you deserve, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, go off, see if you deserve. And like immediately my mind says, do you? Mm -hmm. Do you really? And so like it's there. It's always there for me. But it's do I give energy to it um, or do I just heard you, acknowledged you, going to move on in the other direction? Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, of course it shows up. Of course, imposter syndrome shows up. Of course, fear shows up. Of course, anxiety shows up. Um, But, you know, so does grace and faith and mercy and confidence in my talent and belief in what God has for me. And all of those mm-hmm. things. So yeah, it's it's what am I going to listen to that usually pushes me away from the nagging in my mind? Mm-hmm. And you know, I'll say this again because I said this four years ago. Um, that's just what I really admire about you, and because I think I'm not alone. Where I know that a lot of women get they get stuck. Like there is no forward motion. There is no action taking. There is no, I hear you voice, but I'm going to go do this. For a lot of us, we get stuck in our head. Um, roll, We roll around, gravel around in it. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> just like the, just the uncertainty and can I, and should I, is this God? Is this me? Am I like, we'll just stay there. And uh, like, that's like my, that's, that has been my weakness, but obviously I'm, I left a whole career, right? So I've made progress in that, but, um, and I'm learning how to still take action, even when I don't have all the answers or still take action, like still believing that like, no, this is for me. No, like God told you this is going to be yours or like this. I have to like really talk myself into keep, keep going. It's just not natural for me. Um, okay. This is what I want to ask. So can you just explain like the gravity? Like you are living sort of the dream. Okay. Yeah. You got yeah. the book deal, Nikisha. I, I, I got remember, the- I just, I just wish people could have my memory. Like, just imagine having a colleague for years where you don't work the same shift, but like, that's your, she's across the room. You see her, she sees you, you know, there's babies, there's all things happening that you two are keeping in tune with each other. And you know that she has this dream, this colleague, and you know that she's brilliant. You know that she's too good for the job she's got. Everybody knew that, right? So it's like, you. you know all this stuff. And to see you now to where you are now, I mean, have this book deal. And um, from here, it's only up, right? Um, Amen. How does it feel truly to be in this place now? It feels surreal. It really, really does. Like, literally... Like my trip to New York when I went to meet my agent and my editor and like toast to the coming 
hopeful success or whatever, literally what dreams are made of, yeah. my own dreams, like yeah. what I have been dreaming of for years, right? But, you know, like that was in June, but we closed everything and like really negotiated everything out in May mm-hmm. when I went on submission. And for all those who aren't writers, when you are, are when you write fiction, you get an agent first and then when you work with your agent to make sure that your manuscript is good and then your agent takes it out on submission to editors at publishing houses and then editors at publishing houses will decide if it's right for them, if they're willing to pay for it, all of the different types of things. And in my case, that happened pretty quickly. Um, I want to tell this story, but I don't know if I want to tell this story, but I'm going to tell this story. You got to tell it. There, but it you've already told true. it by even saying that. So you have to Because <laughs> like I've told close friends and my therapist and my family knows, but okay. I don't think people will ever understand how grateful that I am or how much my mind has been blown by the glory of God if I don't tell this story. So my marriage ended, yes. The day that my marriage was declared over by a judge, 10.55 a.m., February 28th, 2023. Five hours later, the man who became my agent offered me representation. Five hours later, two weeks after that, I found out that I was a finalist for a grant that I had applied for, which was great because the IRS took all of my money. Mm. And then so did my divorce attorneys. Two weeks after that, I found out I got into a fiction fellowship that I had applied for that would let me go off for a week and just focus on my work and my craft. I think two weeks after that, my age and I, we officially signed the paperwork. We started working on ideas to brainstorm, to make the manuscript better. Sent that into him by April 15th. We went over it for a couple more weeks. The manuscript was ready. We went on submission May 2nd. By that Friday, I had maybe two publishing calls lined up for the next week. And I knew from just talking to other writers and authors that the submission process to publishing houses, it could take days, it could take months, it could take years. I had no expectation. So by Friday, and we already had one lined up, I was super excited. By that Monday, we had nine calls lined up. I took a call Tuesday. I took a call Wednesday. Wednesday, the first offer was made. My agent in the publishing house countered and negotiated for a final number to the point where when they told me what the number was, I couldn't even react to it. (laughs) Not just because it was large, but like in the middle of it, my son was having a breakdown Mm -hmm. about fractions. And so I was like, I'm really excited right now. And I thank you for this news, but I'm right in mommy mode and we're doing fractions and I can't, doesn't compute. 
right? So like, and that's how God keeps you humble. Cause like <laughs> what happened? I should have been like jumping up and down for joy and like screaming to the rafters, but I was like, we're doing fractions. Yeah. And it's not a good time. Don't compute though is what's funny. It's like, <laughs> you're not making sense to me at the moment. Not at all. <laughs> to the point where I like the next morning I had one more call where I had just had to choose between the editors at Simon and Schuster. And I was like, you did say this figure, right? Like I'm not dreaming. Like you did say this number. And he was like, yeah. I was like, okay. But, and then after like that final call Thursday, my agent was like, so you just have to choose which editor that you want to work with because the money's not going to change. And I was like, okay, these are champagne problems that I have never had. So I was like, okay, I prayed. I talked to friends. I prayed some more. I did some yoga. And I gave them my decision that Friday. I realized on Saturday that when the day that I gave my decision was May 12th, 2023, and that would have been my 11th wedding anniversary, but it was a marriage of another kind, right? And so when I tell you that all the good things that are happening with my book and with my literary career, or it looks like it's happened overnight, has come through grit, has come through trial, has come through struggle. And the grace of God taking me through that tunnel, me in the passenger seat, like, Lord, where are we going? Mm. <laughs> Lord, what are we doing? <laughs> and just know, and seeing now on the other side of it that God never left me. He never, I was never forsaken. He was right by my side. God carried me, all of those things. And that faith without works is dead because yeah. baby was working. Right. All of that is true. And so, yes, I'm living my dream and I'm grateful for it. But because I know what I've gone through, I approach it in a way where it's always from a position and a posture of gratitude. Never do I think that, oh, I've arrived because my talent, my this, my name is whatever. Da 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 da. You know, I don't I don't want my ego to ever get in the way of what has been spirit-led all along. Yeah. That was a very long and very honest answer. <laughs> no, <laughs> but it's good because one of the questions I had and what I have learned in my own pursuit of following, you know, sometimes I'm just, I'm just deep on this stuff. Like, you know, if you just think you're supposed to work to work and to make a living, that's, it's amazing. But like over here, I deeply feel that um, what the what the Bible says that before we even got here, God thought of the good works we were going to do. He thought mm -hmm. out like, okay, I know her personality, know what she's going to look like. She's going to do this in the world. Like He prepared the work for us to do. So I feel like it's it's so closely tied to our purpose. I don't think it's our sole purpose. I think we have many of them, but like I feel like our work is something that's tied to our destiny. So. You can see why I would be a little confused or really struggle to understand why it felt like I had to fight to live that dream in my heart. You know, like even going back to college and then going into local news, like there was always this tension within me that even though mm -hmm. I'm on the path that, you know, God didn't say go anywhere else, I'm supposed to be doing this, even though I have this dream, like, 
there was always this tension around like where I was and who I wanted to be. And even now that I'm living it, right? Like my life finally resembles what is has been in my heart for many, many years. Even here, there's still a fight to keep it alive. There's a fight to 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 keep pushing and, and all of that. Um, so what are your thoughts on that? Because I think sometimes it's glamorized or it's romanticized that it's like boss chick, you know, going out, whatever you see on social media, I can't even like mimic them because I, I try not to be that girl because mm-hmm. it's, it's actually still life happening. There's still mm-hmm. like 50, 50 happening. There's still like, yes, I got like this big deal, but oh my gosh, what are we, you know, the big question, life questions are still on the table, even while you're living the dream. What oh, do you yeah. make of that? <laughs> oh, um, I, th- I think it's, it's, it's really simple. And I think I learned this when I, we talked on the last episode or the first episode where I talked about losing my manuscript and having to make the decision, was I going to write it again? And I, I look at that experience now as... God asking me, this is the life you say you want. Show me that you want it, right? Prove to me that you're willing to work for it, to go after it, to do the things that you say that you want, right? Mm -hmm. And I've seen time and time again and examples in my life and my career, big and small, where God has basically said, prove it. No matter what the tensions are, leaving my marriage was the hardest thing I ever did in life. But I had to choose better for myself and my children and know that I deserve it and then prove that I knew I deserved it and wanted better and wanted different by following through with what I said I was going to do, which was to leave. That's a hard decision to make. It wasn't easy at all. And had I not been clear about what it was that I was wanting, desiring, trying to run to, I could have easily agreed with my now ex-husband when he said repeatedly, let's work it out. Let's try again. I could have easily let myself be convicted by the Christianity that points you to Malachi where it says God hates divorce or the church that we both used to go to where they would tell me and had told me for years, the only grounds for divorce are adultery, addiction, or abuse. And if it's not one of those, then you don't leave. And they tell you to pray harder and to pray longer and go read the power of a praying wife and this, that, and the third, and da 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 Like I could have easily stayed and been unhappy or I could have proven to myself and to the Lord that no, I believe in God's best. I don't think this is God's best. And no matter what 
people try to say or theologize or put on me through dogma and proof texting the Bible, I know the voice of God for myself and I know what the Holy Spirit sounds like in my spirit and I know what, what I'm supposed to be doing for me. Yeah. That's that's a hard thing to do. And so everybody's journey and path is different. The tensions between your life and your calling will always be there. You're going to have to reaffirm to yourself in the lowest of moments that what you are doing is right, even if it doesn't make sense, even if it doesn't make any money, even if the rent is due, the credit card bill is high, the groceries are low, and the baby is crying. <laughs> Ask me how I know. I was going to say, so it's yeah, like real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm living my dream, but it's all in the perspective of my life. And so I don't lose sight of life. Like, this is a moment. And it's a great moment and it's a great feeling to have accomplished it. And I don't take it for granted at all. And as everything gets rolling and I start going into edits with my editor and then we do all the big plans that they say that they have for me leading up to when the book comes out in 2025, I'm here for it. This is going to show up and show out and act bad and all of the things, right? (laughs) But (laughs) at the end of the day, I will never forget it's a moment and I'm grateful for it and I'm thankful to God and life will continue good, bad and indifferent around all of the high moments. Yeah. Yeah. I will say this and I'm going to ask you my final question that what I have realized is for me is that the prize is never like the work accomplished, the goal accomplished, the dream realized. That's 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 what we have made it, you know, especially mm-hmm. Western society, we've made that the prize. And that's why you have so many people who are still absolutely broken, even though they have the, you know, they have the life that they set out to live, absolutely confused and empty, even though they have made their goals and their whatever. And so what I have had to do is reprioritize what I hold as like the prize, right? Almost what I found was work and the accomplishments and the the ambition. At one point, that was almost like the idol. That Mm -hmm. was almost like the thing I was really going after. And God was just going to like be the force that helped me get it because he created me to do it and we're going to do it together. But like really and truly, my eyes were on the prize of the accomplishment of the legacy I wanted to build on the earth. And so for me, part of the process of it, the fight and like having to learn lessons and having patience and things not happening when they were supposed to happen or like things taking so long and leaving me here to wonder and like all of this stuff that was happening in between each accomplishment was really God coming in and being like, okay, I got to, I got to change some things with you. Like we got to do some work before you get there because really daughter, like this actually isn't what all I created you to experience on earth. Like yeah. actually there's like eternity stuff we go in, we going after there is, there's me. I want you to experience. There's things I want to develop in you that have nothing to do with starting anybody's podcast. Like, so he had to expand my 
desires to not just want the next big thing, but to also want more of him and whatever the heck he's got for me. Like whatever Mm -hmm. it is you want me to see on this earth and do on this earth and experience and taste and see and how I get to uh, have a relationship with you while you're there and I'm here. Like there's so much you want me to go through outside of these goals. And it sounds so mm-hmm. petty now, but it's like I had to mature my faith now that I'm in this entrepreneurship world, going after goal after goal and ambition, ambition, ambition. It is slow that down and be like, okay, wait, before you think this is this is everything, I may have to do some work on you. And it's not going to feel good. Things are not going to come as fast. You know what I mean? You're going to be let down. You're going to be disappointed. You're going to doubt. And you're going to come to me with all of this. And I'm going to help you see that like there's so much more I have for you. Like, yeah, you'll get this stuff actually because I gave you the desires. But there's so much more I got to do with you. So just like chill out a little bit. (laughs) So (laughs) that's what I'm doing. I'm doing it differently now. Um, Okay, I want to end on this final note, which is uh, think back to where you were in 2019, May of 2019. And you have a great memory, so you're able to do that. You know dates and summers and times really well. (laughs) You do. So even on the last podcast, I was like, gosh, she can recount so much the how things unfolded. So go back to that time. And if there's anything that um, you want her to know now that you've lived those these four years and you've got the book deal and here you are and life is different. What do you want that Nikisha to know sitting in that Action News Jack studio with this morning anchor who had you there early? We both tired. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Get ready. It's coming, but not the way that you think it is. Some dreams have to die so that new dreams can be born. That's it. What do you think that Nikisha would say back to this Nikisha? (laughs) Girl, how long? (laughs) Can you be more specific? What dreams exactly you talk about got to die before the other one got to live? Yeah, she she had questions that Nikisha does. Can you be more specific and how long? And how long? Are we talking two months, two years? What are we talking about? (laughs) Okay, friend, how can people, like, where do we even point them to? It's like, first of all, can we get on a wait list for this book that, that's coming out in 2025? Like, how can we really support the the deal, you know, and help carry you into the next one? sounds amazing. I'm going to let, let my editor know. Yes, <laughs> like an email or something that we know yes, now so no. time. Um, the best way will be when the pre-order goes live. So the best way to do that is to really keep up with me. So I'm at Nikisha Elise on all the social platforms. Well, I shouldn't say all. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I'm too old for TikTok, and I don't know what's going to happen when Twitter dies. Yeah. So Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Nikisha Elise, you'll find me. And then if you really want to just keep up with my journey, I have a newsletter that I send once a month called The Writing Life. Uh, sign up on my website. Uh, newrights.com, N-E-W-W-R-I-T-E-S.com. And you can keep up with the journey and support in all of the ways. Thank you, my friend. Should we do this another four years? <laughs> <laughs> Depending on what's happening in our lives, Listen, maybe. You're going to have a second house in some other country, right? Tuning in. Amen. Right? Amen. We go, we're I'm going to find claim, you, girl. I'm going to find you. <laughs> claim all the things. Amen. I hope you were so blessed by the story Nikisha told you, her 
story and I want you to be encouraged and I want you to keep going. Don't stop. Don't stop even though you may have to get a job. Don't stop even though a relationship may have failed. Don't stop if someone hurts you and you're wounded. Don't stop. Yes, take care of yourself and take as many breaks as you need and get that rest and and restoration that you need. But my friend, when there's a dream that's for you and it just won't leave you alone, that's always coming back to you and always speaking to you, I believe that that is your destiny to pursue no matter what. And will there be a a time where God says, stop, maybe. But until you get that hard no, until you get that absolutely, daughter, this is not what I want you to do with your life. And you know for sure there is no peace there. Otherwise, go for it. Go for it. We'll be cheering you on along the way. And when you look to your left, you'll see Nikisha over there doing the same thing. And you look to your right, you'll see me doing the same thing. Okay, my friends, have the best week. Don't forget to leave a review, please, if you have a couple minutes. I would love to just to hear your feedback. And of course, share with friends, post on social, talk to me. Instagram, Letitia Bariola, sending you all my love and my heart. Okay, talk soon.